So if you are new with us uh, today, thank you so much for joining us as Mike shared with you. The series we're talking about, we've titled Get Your Life Back. And that is primarily because in a few weeks, we're actually beginning uh, a new ministry here called Celebrate Recovery. And what we realize is uh, years ago, for years, I'd often thought that, um, and and they teach this as well, everybody needs recovery. (laughs) Every human being is trying to get their life back for some reason. And all the steps have been really important, Um, but today this is a big one. If you really are going to get your life back where you can feel full and free and that you're really living who Jesus created you to be. So what we want to start off with is just, why do we have to get our life back? Why hasn't it just been wonderful? (laughs) Why am I not sitting in a perfect place just kind of with these beautiful behavior patterns that are holy and right? Why, why, Why do I got to get my life back? Well, so many of us have lost our lives because of what other people have done to us. That's one truth. And many of us have lost our lives because of what we have done to others. And so today we've got to talk about making peace. Because life, ultimately, is actually all about relationship. In fact, Jesus, in John 17, 3, he says, this is what eternal life is. It's actually knowing God. And not intellectually knowing about him, it's intimately knowing God. So life, all through the Bible, is actually all about relationship with God and then with each other. And so God is love, right? And love is the greatest thing. These three remain, faith, hope, and love. But the greatest of these is love. See, eventually we're not going to need faith. We're going to see. We won't need faith. We won't need hope because we'll already have everything in its fullness. But even when faith and hope are gone, guess which remains? Love. That's why Jesus said the whole law is summed up in this. Love God and love each other. So if you're going to get... Woo. So uh, if I can wake you up if you didn't have your coffee this morning. Um, So if we're going to actually get our life back, then we have to figure out this relational component. We need to make peace. And we need to make peace with those that have hurt us. And we need to make peace with those that we've hurt. And if you're human today, you've already know who those people are. (laughs) Because just by being human, someone has hurt you. And because you're a broken person like me, I know that I've hurt others. And so we're just going to start in, because what we're going to be talking about today is forgiveness. And forgiveness has to be a huge component of life, making peace with each other, if we're going to get our life back. So I'm going to pray for us. And as I pray, I would just, I think this might be a good moment right now for you even to sit there and just kind of, probably already your heart's been opened up and you know who it is that you may need to make peace with today. Whether someone who hurt you or someone that you've hurt. And the cool thing is, Jesus is going to help us to know how to do that. All right? So let's pray. Father, thank you. Um, The more and more and more I seek after you, the more I dive into what you say, what you reveal through Jesus. The more I realize that you want nothing but for every person on this planet to get their life back. And you are a God of peace. So 
So Lord, you already know the conflicts that are in our hearts. You know the wounds that are there that we've received and the ones that we've delivered. And I just want to ask, Jesus, would you just take the stage right now and would everybody get a chance just to hear your sweet voice speak directly to them in that place so that they can walk out of here with a plan really to live in peace. We thank you that you care. You care about every relationship that we've been in. You care about the pain and the hurt that's in our life. And I believe today that you want to set some people free. And we ask you to do it in Jesus' name. Amen. All right. So Romans 12, 18 says this. If it's possible, <laughs> as far as it depends on you, live at peace with who? Everyone. If it's possible, as far as it depends on you, live at peace with everyone. Why? Why should we make every effort and do all that we can to actually live at peace with people? Well, let me just give you three quick reasons. The first one is because resentment doesn't work. <laughs> do you guys know that? Resentment doesn't work. Studies even show now that a major cause of physical and emotional problems comes from bitterness and from anger and the inability to forgive. And so it's not working. <laughs> even physically and emotionally, we struggle if we carry resentment. Resentment doesn't work. And here's the other thing resentment doesn't do. It doesn't change the past. It's not like being bitter and being angry makes any difference on what took place, and it doesn't correct the problem. And then maybe why we're bitter and angry, this one it really doesn't do, it doesn't change the person either. Right? It doesn't work. Can we just say this? Let's say it together. Resentment doesn't work. Let's just say it together. Resentment doesn't work. And I think we all know this. So what we say is, I'm going to hold this against you. Right? Some of you today, you're holding something against somebody. And the thing you're holding is poison. <laughs> and you're the one who's dying. It doesn't work. I have yet to meet anybody who says, oh, God, I feel so much better now that I'm bitter. <laughs> you know, just, if I could just stay like this, if I could just be, continue to you know, be really angry and be resentful, oh, this is living. No, we all know. So why do we got to make peace with each other? Because the, the alternative is resentment, and resentment doesn't work. Number two, why do we need to do this? Because you're going to need forgiveness in the future. You're human, and you're going to need forgiveness in the future. And forgiveness is always a two-way street. I heard the story of a guy who went up to John Wesley one time. John Wesley was the founder of the Methodist Church. And he went up to John and he said, I, I, he goes, I can never forgive that person. Never. And John Wesley said, then I hope you never sin. Because we all need what we don't want to give. And so if you are at that, that place, you just need to realize forgiveness goes both ways. And so if you want to be someone who's forgiven when you fall, then you need to be somebody who forgives. So resentment doesn't work. You're going to need forgiveness in the future. And then our first point today is why, why do this? Why make peace? And it's because God has forgiven you. Look at the verse again. If it is possible, and I love this phrase, as far as it depends on you, live at peace with everyone. Here's my question for you this morning. How far are you willing to go to make peace? How far are you willing to go? 
And I tell you, I think this is the answer. You will go as far as you have gone with God. That's how far you'll go, is as far as you have gone with God. Now, here's the question. How far did Jesus go to make peace with you? Pretty far, right? So Jesus, when we look at this verse, it says, if it is possible, as far as it depends on you, Jesus, live at peace with everyone. And the great news is, Jesus loves the world, every single person. And so he went to the absolute ends and gave up his life. That's my, it was so weird. Last night, we pulled up uh, the Bible. Um, I had recorded it and grabbed my kids and we watched it. And we watched The Passion last night. And my kids, didn't even, they couldn't even get through it. They didn't want to watch it because it's brutal. But that's how far Jesus would go just to live at peace with you. And that's why in Ephesians it says how wide Paul prays that you and I would have the power to grasp. Okay, We actually need spiritual power to even be able to grasp how wide and long and high and deep is the love of Christ. It's so crazy good. And so when he says, how far will you go to live at peace with people? You'll go as far as you have gone with Jesus. So my question to you is, how much do you really comprehend this love that says it surpasses knowledge? How wide, how long, how high, how deep have you experienced the love of God? And that's, I believe, how far you'll go to live at peace with another person. So let's look at this. So number one, if you're going to be at peace with each other, what the Bible says is the first thing that has to happen is you got to be at peace with God. And this is the greatest news. And I'm going to tell you, this is the power to be able to live at peace with each other. Romans 5, 1, 2 says this. Therefore, since we have been justified through faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ through whom we have gained access by faith into this grace in which we now stand. So now there's some great stuff. And you just guys just leave this verse up here and I'm just going to walk through it real quick. The first thing that happens is, is the scriptures tell us we have been justified. No, most of us go, that doesn't even excite you, does it? How many of you are really excited about that phrase? Yeah, see, that's what I thought, like two of you. So what does that mean? So... If I try to justify myself, what am I doing? I'm trying to show or prove that I'm right. That I had a reason, that, that I was, there was a rightness in my actions. That's all justify means. When you're justified, it means you are declared righteous. You are declared righteous before God. And here's what's crazy, you guys. Don't ever think, don't ever forget how crazy this is. Or if you're new to Christianity, this is why I love Jesus Christ this is why I give him my life. This is why I follow him. This is why I believe in him. Because I know I have a record of wrongs that is really, really long. Anybody else? A couple weeks ago, right, I asked you to do an exercise. To maybe sit before a fire or whatever and start writing down everything that you can think of. Some of you aren't even done yet, right? It's been two weeks. And you're still going. Because there's a lot that you've done wrong. And I am more than aware of my sin, and yet God says, Nelson, you're justified. You are completely right. And what that means is, I am completely forgiven. 
which is unbelievable to me. So here's the question I got to ask you. Do you believe that? Do you believe this? Do you believe, because I know some of you right now, you're sitting in here and you have done so many things that you don't believe in your heart that God could forgive you. Some of you think it's been too bad. There's been too many wrong actions. And I want to tell you, if you don't believe that you're at peace with God, as we're going to see here, it is really hard. I would say probably almost impossible to be at peace with each other. Now, why, why, why would I say that? Here we go. What it says is, you have been justified, made completely right, totally forgiven, through what? Through faith, not by works. Right, so this is the greatest news. The Bible says you don't ever have to try to make yourself right for God. In fact, he says, if you're trying to make yourself right, you're self-righteous. And we've been talking about this a lot through this series. If you're self-righteous doing good things to prove to God that you're good enough to be forgiven, you have completely missed the boat. The only way, he says, that you can actually be forgiven is by faith. You put your trust completely in God's work through Christ and not in your own. And then, look what it says. We have been justified, made completely clean, forgiven forever through faith. Because of that, we have peace with God. Do you have peace with God today? Or do you have fear? Do you think he's angry at you? Do you think he's holding back his favor from you? Or are you at peace with him? And we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Now look at this. Through whom we have gained access by faith into this grace in which we now stand. You guys, and grace is a gift. So, So the whole key to being able to make peace with each other is I have to believe that I have received a gift from God that I didn't work for. I tried, I didn't try to be good. I just believe that Jesus Christ really was the savior of the world and I totally put my trust in him. And the Bible says as soon as you do that, he absorbs all of your sin into himself. The guys, the whole reason he was on the cross was to receive the punishment for our sin. And it's been paid. It's been completely paid. Everything you've ever done, that debt has been paid. So you stand right now in a gift that you never deserved, but is completely yours. And this reality, once you understand that, it is the power for being able to be at peace with others. This reality is what can get your life back. And here's what I want to help you understand. Today... You either stand in grace, right? You either stand in grace, receiving a gift of God's righteousness through faith, or you stand in a self-righteous position with judgment. That's how it works. Either you stand believing that God has given you a gift, and you're blown away by that fact, and you believe with all of your heart that you're forgiven, or you stand over here, still trying to prove to God that you're good enough. And some of you think you're doing it, and that makes you pretty proud, and some of you know you've blown it, and you've got so much shame and you're scared to death. And either way, you have no peace with God. And I want to tell you, you can be at peace today. And a person who's at peace with God 
can offer peace to each other. Let's look how. Number two, let's make peace with those who've hurt us. You got to make peace with those who've hurt you. Now, guys, as we go on this, please, I'm not being flippant with this. I know there has been ridiculous pain delivered in this room. I'm, 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 I'm made aware of that over and over again as I meet with people and I'm like, God, I just can't believe what some people have had to go through on this planet. But you do not have to be a prisoner to your pain. You don't. But you've got to make peace with those who've hurt you. Mark eleven twenty five. 25, Jesus says this. When you stand praying, if you hold anything against anyone, you guys see that? <laughs> now, anyone, anything against anyone, Forgive them so that your Father in heaven may forgive you your sins. And so just again, right now, for some of you, it's not like big, huge stuff, but right now you're holding stuff against somebody. Now what's interesting in this passage, he says, when you stand praying. Well, what's that mean? When you stand, when you're trying to connect with God, which is really what the previous five weeks, everything we've been talking about. The first step in recovery, the first step in getting your life back is you got to give in. you got to realize you're human and quit trying to make yourself better. So you give in to your humanity. Second thing you do is then you look up and you realize, but there is a God. And this God knows the depths of my struggle and he loves me and he can actually do something about it. So you give in, then you look up, and then the third thing you do is then you let go. And you say, okay, I'm going to stop trying this, God. I give you my life. I'm going to let go of control of my life, and I'm going to let you in to begin to heal me and give me my life back. That's what you do. So all that we've been talking about is how you actually get connected to God. But here's what Jesus says. If you're praying, if you're trying to get the power of God inside your life to set you free, and while you're doing that, you realize I'm holding something against somebody. Then he says, then right now, today, you got to go forgive them. If you're going to get your life, if you're going to get your life back, you've got to go forgive them. Colossians 3.13 says this, bear with each other and forgive one another if any of you has a grievance against someone. And then it says this, forgive as the Lord forgave you. See how this works? So once you've received the grace of God and you're blown away by how much he's forgiven you and you didn't work for it, you didn't try to make yourself better, you received this amazing gift, now you have what you need to give the other person. So if you've never experienced God's complete forgiveness of all of your sin, if you don't stand in grace right now, then it's really hard to give grace to another person. It just is. I say this all the time. Anybody want $100 from me? Who, who would like $100 from me right now? Anybody? Okay. Yeah, you ain't getting it. I only got 15. That's all I got. And see, some of you are trying to forgive somebody and you don't have the grace to do it. Here's what I know is true. Forgiven people find it easier to forgive. When you realize I'm so broken and I'm forgiven, that's what empowers me not to have judgment towards another broken person. I've told my kids this all the time right in elementary school when they come home, oh, somebody hurt me or somebody said this. I, 
my, my, my line has been, you guys, you need to understand, hurt people hurt people. You guys all know that? Hurt people hurt people. So immediately when they hurt you, you can just know, the only reason you did that to me is because you're broken. Now, if you feel unforgiven, it is really difficult to forgive others. And here I think may be the most important thing for us to understand today. We only feel, so let me say this again. If you feel unforgiven from God today, the only reason we feel unforgiven, it's because you're basing your relationship with God on your own righteousness. If you don't feel forgiven from God, it's because you're not in grace. You're over here trying to prove to God that you're good enough. And some of you have fallen so short. No, that's not true. All of you <laughs> have fallen so short. That's what the Bible says. But you still think that it's based on your righteousness, and that's why you don't feel forgiven. Paul, in Philippians 3.9, he says, I want to be found in Christ not having a righteousness that comes from the law. In other words, not having a righteousness that comes from doing everything that's right. I want a righteousness which comes through faith in Christ. The righteousness that comes from God and comes from God and is on the basis of faith. Anybody else want that? So, what, so really, here's your choice. Do you believe and by believing receive the gift of forgiveness or are you over here still trying in your own righteousness? Now the problem with that, and this is why it's so connected, is because when you're over here feeling unforgiven from God, then when somebody else hurts you, if you look at yourself based on self-righteousness, then you will demand righteousness from others. There's only two ways to play this game, you guys. You either play the game of life with grace or you play the game of life on self-righteousness. It's your choice. So if you're struggling right now to forgive somebody, remember what I've been saying here throughout this whole series. Every action that you do, everything that you do is moved by an emotion which is triggered by a thought that goes all the way back to what you believe. And so if you cannot, if you're like this guy with John Wesley, I will never forgive that person. If you can't forgive, then somehow what that means is you believe that a person has to deserve forgiveness, including yourself. Now, Jesus tried to explain this in a story in Matthew chapter 18. It says, Peter came to Jesus and said, Lord, how many times shall I forgive my brother or sister who sins against me? Up to like seven times? I mean, do I have to be like crazy? And seriously, some of you, it took once, right? So Peter's going all out, man, seven. And then Jesus answered, I tell you, not seven times, but 70 times seven. Which means Jesus is what's saying what? Always. You forgive every time. And then he says, I tell you, the kingdom of heaven is like a king who wanted to settle accounts with his servants. As he began the settlement, a man who owed him 10,000 bags of gold was brought to him. Now, to try to understand this, researching this, 10,000 bags of gold in that time, in that day of age, would have been billions of dollars, literally multi-billions of dollars. 
So Jesus is going a little extreme in his example here. So the guy owes him billions of dollars. Since he was not able to pay, the master ordered that he and his wife and his children and all that he had be sold to repay the debt. And at this, the servant fell on his knees before him and he said, be patient with me. He begged, and I will pay back everything. Don't miss that phrase in this story. What did the guy just say to his master? I owe you bazillion dollars. Be patient with me, and I'll figure out how to make the payment. See what he was saying? I can do it. He goes on, the servant's master, but the servant's master took pity on him, and he canceled the debt, and he let him go. But when that servant went out, and he found one of his fellow servants who owed him a hundred silver coins. Now, a hundred silver coins in appropriation to the billions of dollars here, would have been like $4,000. So again, when I studied this, it would say pretty much it's one to 600,000. So if you figure that out, like I was thinking about that, like if I actually had a debt and I owed over a million dollars, guess what? I ain't paying that back. I don't know about you guys. I don't have the ability to pay back a million dollars. So if I actually owed a million dollars and somebody completely canceled that, What he's saying is that would be me walking out and going, whoo, thank you. And then somebody coming up, Caleb owed me yesterday $2. How many of you remember Better Off Dead? You guys remember? How many of you literally remember Better Off Dead? More of you need to see this movie. It's stupid, but it's, it's really funny. But throughout the whole movie, right, there's a guy who keeps going, I want my $2. And he shows up throughout the whole film. And what God is saying is, When you demand payment from another human being, that's like $2. And I forgave you a million. This guy who didn't get his $2, he grabbed him, his servant, and he began to choke him. Pay back what you owe me, he demanded. And his fellow servant fell to his knees and he begged him, be patient with me and I will pay it back. But he refused, and instead he went off and had the man thrown into prison until he could pay the debt. When the other servants saw what had happened, they were outraged, and they went and they told their master everything that had happened. Then the master called the servant in, and he said, You wicked servant, I canceled all that debt of yours because you begged me to. Shouldn't you have had mercy on your fellow servant just as I had on you? In anger, his master handed him over to the jailers to be tortured, until he should pay back all he owed. And then Jesus says this, this is how my heavenly Father will treat each of you unless you forgive your brother or your sister from your heart. Now what's he saying here? This is really key to to, to understand. Because a lot of you in here, you're Christians, right? And you would say, I'm a believer in Jesus Christ. But if you're a Christian in here, and yet you're holding sin against somebody else, then what this story says is, then you don't get it. And literally, I I feel like I need to just warn some of you in here. Because some of you, Jesus says, the way you judge another human being is how I'm going to judge you. Do you guys hear this? The way you judge another human being is the way that I'm going to judge you. 
So right now, if you're operating in self-righteousness and demanding that another person pay back their $2 that you owe you, you are operating in self-righteousness. You're saying, get your act together. You're not operating in grace. So then God says, okay, so then when you come see me, I'm going to demand you pay your billion dollars. It's as clear as that. And some of you are going to go, whoa, 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 no, wait, I, I, I was a Christian. I believed in, in salvation. And I think what God is saying is here is, no, you didn't. Because if you didn't give grace to another human being, then you didn't possess grace. If you literally stand in grace, then grace is what you'll give to each other. Do you guys hear that? If you stand in grace... You now have a power because you understand it's not about you doing everything right. You received absolute full forgiveness from God. And now because you're free, you can offer that to another human being. And so you've got, what God is saying here is you need to make peace with that person who hurts you. Now please hear me. I am not saying this is easy. This is ridiculous ridiculously hard. But I'm telling you, some of you have been a slave to your bitterness and to your anger and to resentment. And today's the day that Jesus wants to say to you, I can set you free from that. I can set you free from that. But the only way you're going to do it is you're going to need a spiritual power that's greater than what you own. And you've got to receive my grace. And once you've got it, now you can actually give it to another human being. So how do we do this? Well, just a couple things. Number one, if you're really going to forgive somebody, you have to reveal your hurt. And this is hard. You can't truly forgive someone unless you're honest about the wrong they've done to you. And so, well, we'll get to that. Now, that's a great question. But the first thing you got to do is just like you made a list of all the sin that you've done, you need to make a list of, of the people who've hurt you. And you really, oh, I remember I was reading John Eldridge, uh, Wild at Heart, great book. And he just said, if you're ever going to be truly healed in your heart, that pain has to be touched. I hate that. I mean, I'm serious, I hate that. But it's true. Don't deny the pain that's been done to you. Some of you are not forgiving somebody because you've tried to shove it under the carpet and just say, well, I guess it wasn't that bad. No, if it was sin, it was. You have to reveal your hurt. Get it out. Write it down. Write the people down. Write what they've done. Write what they've said that hurts you. And then secondly, then you have to release them. You have to release them. Now, you guys, here's, here's what's true. Whenever anybody wrongs us in the court system, if somebody's wrong, there's a penalty. There's a payment that they're supposed to make. And what forgiveness is, is what you're saying is, you don't have to pay it. That's what you're saying. So literally, if I, if I loan you $1,000, and you come back to me and say, man, I, I, I can't pay that. If I forgive that debt, guess who has to eat the $1,000? Me. That's why it's so painful to forgive. Because you're letting that person off the hook. <laughs> and is suffering in your own heart. 
How in the world can I do that? Because Jesus <laughs> took way more and completely suffered all of my debt so that I could be completely free. See how that works? But that's why I'm saying it's not easy to forgive. But you do have to release and say, you don't have to pay me back. But here's a cool thing. If somebody, if you don't owe a million dollars anymore, seriously, are you really going to demand two bucks from somebody? I mean, and Jesus says, not only do you not owe me a million dollars anymore, he goes, you actually received an inheritance. You've received an inheritance. Spiritually, you are now full of all of my love and all of my joy and all of my peace. You and I are so good to go and so filled up that when somebody, so now it's like, man, I've got a million dollars. Woo! He didn't just forgive me a million. He gave me a billion. Somebody goes, hey, I owe you two bucks. Ah, don't even worry about it. Are you kidding me? That's the gospel. And you have to experience the forgiveness and the grace of God. It'll set you free from the person who owes you two bucks. All right, number three. Make peace with those who've hurt you. And real quickly, make peace with those that you've hurt. Matthew 5, 23 and 24. It says, therefore, if you are offering your gift at the altar, and there remember that your brother or sister has something against you, leave your gift there in front of the altar, and first go and be reconciled to them, and then come and offer your gift. Now, isn't this interesting? So again, what's happening in this scenario? I'm at the altar. So back in the Old Testament, the Jewish culture, when you came to the altar, you were coming to the presence of God. So what were you trying to do? I'm trying to connect with you, God, again. So here's Jesus again, and here's what he's saying. If you're trying to connect with me so that you can have the power so that I can set you free, and while you're trying to connect with me, you remember that somebody has something against you, what are you supposed to do? Go. Go and make it right. Do you guys catch both these? This is so funny. Because most of the time, most of us are sitting here going, hey, if somebody wronged me, they need to come to me. But what did Jesus say? No, if somebody wronged you, remember, what do you do? You go forgive them. And here he goes, but if they wronged you, go forgive them. If you wronged them, what are you supposed to do? Go. So guess what? You're ne you never get off the hook. <laughs> He's like, go. Go. And reconcile. How can you do that? If you're at peace with God, and you have his love in your heart, then you can love, and love always goes. That's how it's done. I'm sorry, getting goofy here. So, if someone, and, and here's, and so how do we do this? How do we make peace with those that, have hurt, that we have hurt? <laughs> so some of you do the same thing, man. Today, tonight, sometime. You gotta make a list of the people who you've hurt. What have you done? Who have you criticized? Who have you judged? Who have you manipulated? Who have you stolen from? Who have you abused in any way? Emotionally, physically, spiritually? Thanks, buddy. Make a list and then make it right. And here's the second thing. Do it. Make amends with the other person in the way that you'd want them to make amends with you. Okay? Jesus said it this way. Do unto others as you would have them do unto you. So just stop for a second and imagine the person who really hurt you. They actually take a step of faith and they, are we good here? They, they take a step of faith and they come to you. <laughs> what would you want them to do? 
Well, here's one thing. If you're going to go, make sure it's the right time. And it's not your time. Don't do this because you need their forgiveness. Do it when it'll be best for them. And then secondly, make sure you have the right attitude. And this is huge. If you need to go to somebody, the reason you're going is why? Because I stand in grace now. I am so humbled. I, am, I have totally given up any chance at being self-righteous. I've confessed that I'm not righteous at all. And when you have that, then you can come with the right attitude of humility. So you do it in private, you do it with sincerity, and you make no justifications for your actions. No justifications for your actions. No excuses. Just assume responsibility. And don't bring any attention to the part that they had in it. This is about you making amends. Just say, I'm sorry. I was wrong. I don't deserve your forgiveness. But is there any way that I can make amends with you? And here's what's interesting. So kind of to your question. What happens if they don't forgive you? What happens if you go to them and you offer your forgiveness and they're just too angry and too bitter? Can I just encourage you? Don't try to manipulate someone into forgiving you. Don't do it. And here's, and you go, but I need them to forgive me. Really? I know it'd be great. That's what God actually wants, right? He wants reconciliation, which actually takes two parties. But what happens if they don't? Here's the cool thing. You owe that person what? Two dollars. Even if it was brutal, you're what you owe them. Jesus has already forgiven your billion dollars. So I don't have to go to somebody else and say, I demand that you give me two dollars. Because remember, who's making the payment? If I'm asking someone to forgive me, what am I asking them to do? I'm asking them to absorb the, pay, the, the pain and set me free. That's what you're asking. Please set me free. And you pay for it. If they decide not to pay you, it doesn't matter because you're already rich in an inheritance from God. And he's totally forgiven you a million dollars. You, you, the, the, you guys, this is so not theory. It's not just an idea. This is the reality of the gospel of Jesus Christ. That once you understand the debt that has been paid by Jesus, I can finally, by his grace, he poured into my heart, give grace to another human being. And if they won't forgive, let's say they're the ones who did it wrong. They'll say they've wronged you and you forgive them. This happens all the time, right? You go and you, man, I just want to say I forgive you. And they're like, I don't know. People just go, I didn't, even, I didn't even do anything. Some of you have been so hurt by somebody and they won't even acknowledge what they've done. But if you stand as a spiritual millionaire with the power of the Spirit of God inside of you, He can even give you power to not need someone to accept your forgiveness. So as the band comes up, you guys, what are we going to do here? This is huge today. I am literally, you guys see this right here, right? In about half an hour, we're going to do baptism today. And you know what baptism is? It's the symbol of somebody saying that I have received Jesus Christ into my life. 
And when you go under the water, it's a symbol that all of your sin was washed away. And you come up out of the water completely clean. And God looks at you with no blemish and no accusation. And some of you today, your step today is you're not at peace with God. You're not at peace with God. And I just want to say to you, if you have felt anything in your heart today where you are sensing God's Spirit moving inside of you, and if He's telling you today, I love you, and when I was on the cross, I didn't die for everybody else but you, and I didn't die for everything on the whole world that's ever existed except that one really bad sin that you did. And some of us buy that lie. Today is the day that you can be at peace with God. But what you have to do is you have to totally get rid of all your self-righteous effort. And you come to God and you confess you're an absolute sinner and you've blown it completely. And you believe that Jesus Christ was the Savior on that cross, absorbing the punishment for all of your sin so it will never be punished again. Are you at peace with God. And I want to tell you, as we worship, our prayer team is going to be right here, right behind this, this uh, baptism. And if at any time, while we're singing, if you want to get up and just go over and say, man, would you pray with me? Because I want to receive Jesus Christ, man. I want to be at peace with God. I am so done with the bitterness and the anger and the resentment. Jesus, please set me free. For all of you in this room that claim to be Christians, are you really struggling to forgive somebody today? I want to tell you, man, again, when I have really struggled, I just, I, I focus on the gospel and I try to remember how much he's forgiven me. And then I ask and I ask and I ask. I ask for help. I ask for grace. I ask for mercy. Jesus, please give me what I need to be able to forgive. And some of you today need to be set free from any self-righteousness that you have and you need to get back to the gospel. You stand in grace. And if you can't give grace to somebody else, I'd encourage you again, come over here, we'll pray with you. We would love to help you receive the power of God to set you free. Okay, would you guys stand with me? And as we begin to sing right now, that's what we're going to do. We're going to say, Jesus... My only hope, I'm bringing you all my junk here today on May 17th, 2015. I'm confessing all my junk to you. And I'm going to, again, remember that you forgive me. And I'm going to worship you, and I'm going to give you thanks, I'm going to give you praise, and I'm going to remember that I stand in grace. I'm at peace with God. And whatever you might need for a prayer for, we'll be right over here. Okay? Let's stand together, let's worship him, let's connect with this God who's nothing but a grace-giving, compassionate, merciful, loving God. Let's do it together.